Coming up on today's episode, it's our season prediction spectacular. We make our picks for the awards, playoff standings, and how the Winnipeg Jets finish the regular season. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, let's dive right on in our final show before the start of the regular season. It's finally here. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Feeling nice and fed, rested, somewhat ready to go here. It's it's a magical time. I, I I'm, I'm jacked. I'm ready to go for this one, Tyson. No trivia, no anything like that. We got to dive right on in once again. CJOB's Tyson Rowicki joining us for the episode. How we feeling? It's here. We got we got some actual regular season hockey now. I'm. It's it's the most. We've said it before, but it just truly is the most wonderful time of the year truly it truly is Tyson uh I, I will make my annual plea and I don't know if it's ever gonna actually happen but my annual plea that can we please please start the NHL regular season on Thanksgiving Monday and have as many Canadian teams in action as many te- try to get a 15 game slate on op- whatever it is, but make it like an actual big event <laughs> and, yeah. and, start the, and start the season, at least north of the border, even if he just started north of the border and had a bunch of Canadian teams in action and then wanted to give the American clubs like their own night the next day. Um, just make it happen. And, and on top of that, make Canadian Thanksgiving two days. There's only one thing that Americans get right over us, and that's the fact that they basically take like seven days to recover from thanksgiving with us it's just kind of it feels like it's almost an afterthought but like let's (laughs) let's really like up the ante a little bit here let's get a couple extra days off three-day work weeks and throw a bunch of hockey in there we we need that uh that like those like five-day weekends it seems like the states has a couple of them like where it's just like oh this holiday is on a wednesday well everyone gets a week off (laughs) see see you guys see you guys next month i guess i don't know (laughs) Well, enjoyed some stuffing. Yeah, I I feel so ill. I feel violently (laughs) ill. But if you have any extra at the house there, Tyson, and you could FedEx them over, I'd be pretty jacked about that. So there's not a chance. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, But yeah, hope you guys all enjoyed your Thanksgivings with uh, family and friends and loved ones. And yeah, let's get right into it then. Prediction time once again. We've already nailed one bold prediction, which is just beyond hilarious to me. And so we'll see We'll see if we can follow the trend or if we have any extra bold predictions here. Um, I took a look at some of my bold ones, Tyson. We'll, we'll talk about that as we get along here. I might have to walk some of them back a little bit. <laughs> but uh, these are like the actual, now that the rosters are all set essentially across the NHL, we pretty much know what the lineups look like. It's time to pick playoff rosters, awards, all that stuff, and ultimately what we think will happen for the Winnipeg Jets in this upcoming extremely pivotal season for them. Um, so do we want to do playoff predictions or award predictions first? Let's do uh let's get let's do playoffs. Okay, because that's the juicy one for me, but we can start off with the big stuff. That's that's all cool. Well, let's go out east before we finish things off with the Winnipeg Jets in the west. Uh, playoff prediction. So how we see the standings playing out this upcoming year. Um, for this, for my actual playoff predictions, I'm trying to figure out and get a sense of what teams might make big splashes, but that not ne- may not necessarily show up in my regular season standings predictions. Um, but let's start with, and it's a bloodbath in the East. There are going to be some far too good teams missing the playoffs. Way more than I think we've seen in other years. But let's uh, kick things off. I guess let's go with the Atlantic, Tyson. Always a bloodbath. 
probably the worst it's ever been in terms of competitive teams there, where I think basically the only agreement is that Montreal's at the bottom, and then after that, nobody really knows what's going on. But let's hear what you got there for the Atlantic, Tyson. Should I start top to bottom? However, you can do it whatever you want. So I have the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the division. I like the moves they made. They're a good team. Like it's kind of yeah. When everyone always gets mad, we're like, "Oh, you predict the Leafs to finish in first, or that you predict the Leafs yeah. to have a hundred fight. Yeah, because they do that every year in the regular season. Yeah, and it's the same. Like they're keeping a large majority of the players that they brought back last year. The one thing that, especially like this morning, this just came out that like Curtis McElhaney is like the he's one of, he works with the team in the goaltending department now. But then I saw another name in there, and it was Jake Muzzin. And is it, I, I I didn't I didn't check before like I just saw it but like he was he's still on the blonde term injury reserve is he not? Yes, he is. How is that allowed? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, no he that's... obviously wasn't. He's got one more year left, and they made it clear like a year ago that he's never going to be able to play again with a neck right, injury. Then. But I don't get how you could be technically paid to be a hockey player for a team and then all I mean, it's kind of semantics but, but earn a salary Tyson uh, yeah to me that's a little but what I mean it's like the bottom five percent of least fishy teams that teams do every season so whatever but figure it out NHL after that I'm going with staying in Ontario no Tyson Ottawa's I am all aboard Ottawa this year I think they're a wagon I really do. That decor, that top three D is unbelievable. Jake Sanderson is is going to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Jacob Chikrin's also just a stud. And I think it's crazy to think that Thomas Shabbat might actually be their third best defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's not even that outrageous. And then I I do really like their depth too. They've got some young younger pieces that are knocking on the door. So I have them as my second seed. And my third seed is another team that missed the playoffs last year, and that is the Buffalo Yeah, Sabres. let's go! <laughs> Fresh off Erasmus Dahlin, $11 million contract. I think somehow that's going to be a steal. Like, it's weird to say that $11 million is a steal, but... We'll see. Like, over, the, over the duration of that. I And uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but I think he'll, he'll, be, uh, he'll be worth that contract very, very soon. Nice. But... To close out the Atlantic and claiming one of the two wild card spots, I stuck with the Boston Bruins. Just because I that defense. Whoa, 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 whoa. You almost slipped that one past me. I'm like, yeah, Boston, that's fair. You have Tampa Bay out of the playoffs? I do. Oh I think I think there's some stuff going on there right now. I mean Everyone knows about the Vassy injury, and, you know, he's out a month. Like, that's not too crazy. I think their team can get by a, a decent amount. But something's up there. And then all this Stamco stuff, just these this extra drama coming in. Now Vassy's, now Vassy's hurt. I don't really like the vibe in Tampa right now. And I, and I don't like the depth either too much. Like, they're one, like, obviously Vassy's, like, one of the, the worst injuries that they could have. But when you're playing a full season and your team's been through so much playoff hockey over the last couple of years, you got to think that some of your older veterans are going to take some wear and tear. And if they're they get one more, not even like a like a season-ending injury, but say one of the one of their top guys has to miss a month or two, like that could I, I could just see it snowballing there. And that and like you said, the East is, has a lot of good teams. Like there's a lot of good teams in the East, and I just don't know about Tampa. Well, <laughs> that, that certainly you're you're standing certainly qualify as bold there, Tyson. And then I guess you've got, I would imagine, Florida, Detroit, Montreal rounding out the bottom for the rest of your division there. Yes. All right. Well, I don't have the same as you. I don't think too many people will, but that's <laughs> that's that's why we do this. I love it. Uh, I got the Leafs too winning the division. I don't even love the moves, all the moves they made in the off season, but I think. I think when I look at the Leafs and that division, they have the least question marks. 
or their question marks aren't as potentially catastrophic as of the teams uh, that are, you know, attempting to qualify for the playoffs out of the Atlantic division. So I'll go with the Maple Leafs and especially what I got Mitch Marner winning MVP this year, Tyson, uh, ally my bold prediction. Whoa. The only way they're doing that is if they get first place in the division. So we'll go uh, Marner and the Leafs number one. I'm going to say the, uh, the old champs still got a little bit of fight in them. I got Tampa Bay at number two. Wow. And people did this last year with Boston where McAvoy out for a few months, Marchand hip surgery out. Oh, it's time. The end is here. The end is here. And then they went ahead and they won a thousand games. I, I think, I think the fact that Tampa Bay missed or for them, an early exit in the playoffs last year is actually going to help them rest up a little bit. And um not going to be surprised if this has, like, you think it's going to go off the rails. I'm going to say it has last dance vibes. And the boys rallied together for one more. We'll see how long they go, but yeah. one more postseason run together. I think they, uh, I think they semi shock the world and find themselves just behind Toronto. I feel like a lot of the boys are gone, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, like Hedman, Kucherov, Point, like, like obviously the top guys, but so much of that, but there's supplemental pieces that help them get to those spots, like Kalorn. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just different now. And maybe, hey, oh, it is. Yeah. Mikey Aismont fan club here, maybe he takes a big step, but I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't. I don't like the depth. I don't like your depth. Um, the rest of the division, I, I, you know, they got big time question marks in goal. I, I just don't care. They're too much fun to watch. I'm going to say the Buffalo Sabers. Um, maybe not the most effective defensive hockey, but they do enough to grab a playoff spot. And they not only grab a playoff spot, but they grab third spot in the Atlantic Division, just ahead of the Ottawa Senators. The only reason I have the Sens back a bit is. Little worried about Josh Norris, who's already dealing with a bit of shoulder issues, and he missed all the last year essentially with the shoulder. So I, but I do like the Sens team this year. I think they're going to be a playoff squad as well. They grab a wild card spot, and the other one goes to Boston. They do enough to hang on. I think five teams make it out of the Atlantic, even though it's a brutal division. Uh, I think there's just a little bit more from those five compared to some of the other clubs out there in the Metro. And then, like you, I have Florida, Detroit, Montreal. I just think that playoff run from, from from the Panthers and their fans won't really care all that much. It took a heavy, heavy toll. And if you look at that, that blue line is it's atrocious right now. And there's no guarantee that when Montour and Ekblad come back, that they're going to be as effective, especially in Montour's case, as effective as they were last season to go along with some of the um, – potential issues they might have up front with some contracts winding up and things like that. Well, and even with Florida too, like they barely snuck in last year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's it, like, took a, it took a monumental collapse from Pittsburgh to get in. Right. And now you're dealing with severe injuries to some of your best players. Like I, I just, I just don't think it's going to, and it, you need Bob to play it out of his mind for 82. Yeah. Yeah, they need a lot. They need a lot against some good teams there. So I'm I'm thinking they're on the outside looking in, but um, we'll see what happens there. History has not been kind to wild card Cinderella teams the following season after a Stanley Cup run. Um, thinking back to the Montreal Canadiens a few years ago, hopefully it's not as bad for the Panthers as it was for Montreal, but I'm just not anticipating a repeat playoff performance from them. To the Metro! We're going to be in agreement on this, Tyson. The Flyers are the worst team in that division. Hopefully, yeah, they are. are the worst team in hockey. Here we go. <laughs> it's a new era of orange, baby. Um, I got the Flyers at the bottom. I got Carolina up at the top. Uh, I mean, no real surprise. I mean, Carolina, they've got to be the favorite for the President's Trophy. Um, they're pretty much a – I oh, don't. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, you're, you're hurting. <laughs> you're – I know you got a few more moronic predictions in you, but I don't think you're going to be that stupid. But we'll see. It's uh, not. It's not that. It's just I have the Devils ahead of Carolina. I want. Yeah, which is which. They yeah, they can. I got Carolina, New Jersey, uh, New York Rangers. I only have three teams making it out of the Metro. There, I think they're head and shoulders above the rest. And yeah, I don't think Pittsburgh gets in despite the Carlson trade. I mean, they're just it's, it's not not the same club. And I get that they made improvements and all that, but 
I don't know, Malkin, is he going to be able to keep it together for 82 games? And by keep it together, I mean, will his body hold up for that long? Can Crosby do it again? All that. I don't think they're going to have enough of the tank this year. Um, so then I got Pittsburgh, Islanders, Columbus, and Washington. Uh, just ahead of Washington is old, old, old. And I don't think, I don't even think they're trying to win too many games, Tyson. It's just, can we feed Ovi 40 to 50 more times this upcoming season? And if we do that, then it's a success for us. Oh, yeah. Washington's in, Washington's going to be in some weird, weird state for the next like two, three years where it's just like, we really don't care about like, we have to do whatever we can for our franchise icon because he literally saved our team so many times that it's the least we could do. And I don't mind that. Hey, it's better than what the Lightning are doing with Stamkos. So, that, but I actually do have Pittsburgh making the playoffs. And then the way you mentioned last dance for Tampa, I kind of see the same thing for Pittsburgh. I just wonder, like, I feel like I could have a bold prediction for the end of the season for Pittsburgh. And I think one of those big four is this is one of this is their last season playing hockey. I think yeah, that wouldn't surprise that definitely wouldn't surprise me. So I think yeah, and I I do like some of the depth moves they made that Kyle Dubas made. He picked up I mean obviously Jansen Harkins off waivers, but and, so- and for those that don't don't know by the way, Harkins is on the third line in Pittsburgh right now. That's so yeah, he's he's getting a shot early. And but I I like the the, the Lars Eller pickup too. I think that's a nice depth piece to add a nice veteran presence and then one of my one of the most underrated moves that i think happened this offseason was ryan graves like get them picking up ryan graves that just has a huge stabilizing partner for either carlson or latane and i think that's going to be massive for that team and you just gotta hope jari stays healthy but then after that to close out the division i kind of like you know washington i don't like the islanders i just don't so I always put them lower than I think I should just because I have a disdain for them and watching their games. And I'm sorry for any Islanders fans listening, but the hockey sucks. Like, it's just boring to watch. So I have Washington Washington, Columbus are together, and then I'm just going to put the Islanders low soil. They can kind of start new and give let, let Matthew Barzell be Matthew Barzell. And then Philly at the bottom. I, do, I, found, I found it intriguing, kind of jumping around the place here, but I found it intriguing about Columbus – you see who their number one center is right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think everyone in Winnipeg saw who the number one center is. That's And by all accounts, he's doing very, very well. I mean, it's preseason too, right? So do you want to make it since his prediction time? How long does Patrick Line end up down the middle? How many games? Overall, I could see him. I could see him get like playing center for a let's say 20 games and then getting switched off and then maybe an injury happens against me. I'm going to put it, I'll put the over under at 40. Okay. I'll take the under because <laughs> I think, I, I think it's five. Uh, hey. I don't think it's going to work. I, I think it's great. They're trying it. I don't think it's going to work. The The numbers have said that he's been, uh, he's been performing pretty well down the middle. Well, my numbers actually disagree with those. Numbers. <laughs> I have my own set of analytics here and then line eight, line eight down the middle isn't working out. So, We'll see what happens. There. I mean, look at hey, if Columbus wanted to do it all season long, like if you're not going to make the playoffs, let's just find out if he can do it. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what's the worst thing that happens? We lose. I mean, yeah, the organization's I, already in turmoil. So the other thing with uh, Columbus too is that I believe they just sent down Juracek today, which might be just be like a cap move. Like, they, there's always some weird stuff that happens right before the rosters get submitted. So yeah, it could just be a cap move. But if he's not on the opening roster like what are you what's columbus doing i don't know yeah it's it's tough it's always tough to say because we just don't know i mean la sent like five guys down that they're gonna have back up on the big club so it's it's tough to say um but that's it for the east so playoff teams i got toronto tampa buffalo ottawa boston carolina jersey rangers and you've got devils hurricanes rangers penguins from the metro Leafs, Senators, Sabres, Bruins from the Atlantic. So you have Tampa out. I have them in. I have Pittsburgh out. You have Pittsburgh in. Interesting. Hell yeah. Well, I know you're a big Penguins guy, so that doesn't surprise me. Okay. To the West. All right. That's defamation of character right there. (laughs) Heresy. Um, Let's go to the West now, Tice. 
And obviously the Winnipeg Jets will be well affected by what goes on in the Pacific Division this year. And we'll start there before we make our Central Division predictions. Um, I guess I'll kickstart things here in the Pacific for me. Very easy at the bottom of the division. I've got San Jose so far back. So far back. They t- a telescope to find Anaheim, who will be in second last. And then I've got Seattle down there in my bottom three. And then after that, Tyson, I got five playoff teams. Ooh, I only have four. Which which is probably what's going to happen. I don't know how many times <laughs> we get the five and three. Um, but I, I, I think we get that this year. I've got Calgary in one of the wild card spots. I think like everything went wrong for them last year and they almost still snuck in. I think just the breath of fresh air where your head coach is not Daryl Sutter. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I, I think just that is going to be a big, big difference for them. I like, I don't think their team's all that great, but can they get six, seven, eight more points? Yeah probably by everybody not hating their lives every time they go to the rink. So I got Calgary at a wild card spot. And then I've also got the Los Angeles Kings at a wild card spot. Ooh, interesting. The only reason I don't have them higher is because they, their goaltending is Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot, but their, their forward core is good. Like it's a good deep forward group. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy in on the Kings doing enough to get into the dance. Um, how effective and dangerous they're gonna be, I don't know, but I, I I think LA grabs a wild card spot too there. This is where I wanted like how much of a how much of a coward am I for doing this? I boldly predicted that the Canucks would win the Pacific Division. I would like to walk that back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe like to maybe I got a little too excited. <laughs> I think I might. I think I might have jumped the gun a little bit. Just poured over Vancouver's roster compared to um, to Edmonton's and Vegas. So I don't know. Like I don't know where where this puts me on the coward list, but I will put the Canucks at third. I've just. I, I don't know. I, I think they're going to be a much. I think they're a much better team than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And there's like their high end talent is really really high. And I, I'm just going to also assume that Demko doesn't miss 50 games of the season. Yeah. So I got Vancouver, probably shockingly for everybody out there, in third spot, followed by the Champs at number two. And the Edmonton Oilers will likely cruise to a Pacific Division crown at first spot. Well, well we're pretty similar at the top, not so, or pretty similar <laughs> at the top, pretty similar at the bottom. I think we we have we both have the same bottom three, but I only have four teams making the playoffs out of the Pacific, and the LA Kings aren't one of them. I do not. The more I look at that team, the more they remind me of the Winnipeg Jets from last year, without Connor Hellebuck and Net. I I I I'm struggling to see like over an 82 game schedule. Well, they're playing some good hockey teams, and you have Drew Doubt. Now, look, Drew Doughty had a bounce back year last year. Brand Clark could be a top level defenseman too. Who's there after that? Gavrikov. Well, like yeah, they're thinking. They're, I mean, Gavrikov was crazy good coming over from the deadline, right? But you're but and there's a lot of stuff where you're like, well, we need this to happen. We need this to happen. We need this to happen, and then we need Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot to not be terrible goaltenders and Cam Talbot has that weird thing where it's like one awful year, one Vesna year, one awful year, one Vesna year. But I just don't see it. I really don't. I just don't think compared to some of the teams, I I just struggle to see them winning a playoff series with that like goaltending decor. It's just very lackluster for a team that's like kind of supposed to be the one that comes in hot and steals everything. I could just see a disappointing season from LA this year. So I have them out. I have them out just ahead of Seattle. I have the Canucks ahead of them. Now, you could kind of say almost the exact same stuff about the Canucks that I just said about the Kings. Besides that they have Thatcher Demko in net. I think Quinn is just better than Doughty, but overall that decor is a little weak. But 
I like you said, I love Elias Patterson, and I think he has an ability to carry a team to the playoffs. Then I I have him in my top three. He's not quite number one for MVP, but I have them making the wild card spot, and then I have the Flames taking the third spot. I like I I think the Flames are going to be good this year. I don't think they're going to be like when they were first in the division a couple years ago when they lost to Edmonton in the second round, but I think they'll be a good team. And I, the one thing that kind of scares me is that Dustin Wolf is not starting game one. Cause I actually watched a decent amount of flames preseason because the jets played him a decent yeah, amount. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar are terrible. I don't know what happened. Oh, to they're them. not that Jacob Markstrom. Jacob Markstrom was so bad in the preseason that, that one game against the jets. It was crazy. I, I couldn't believe like there was wristers from the Raynette line that were being a clean, no screen. Dan Vladar put up set. I, I think it was their preseason finale, but he let up. He let in seven goals. They didn't even take him out. He let in seven goals against Edmonton. Like you got to put Dustin Wolf in. He's got to play. He's so much better than both of them. Well, I, I'm not going to be shocked if Wolf gets. I mean, that was one of my bold predictions that he's the starting goalie for them by the end of the year. But I can understand. I mean, you got a lot of money in in, in, in Markstrom and Vladar to be honest. So Good. well, that's fine. You can play Markstrom 60 games this year, and he'll be below league average again. That's... I don't know about that. We'll see. And then just you have, what, do, you, do, you, do you have them making the playoffs? Because you just said they're good. Yeah, goals Dustin, are terrible, but they're going to finish third. Because Dustin Wolf's going to take over, like almost okay. immediately. Because I think they're gonna, there's going to be a couple games in the regular season where it's close, and then there's going to be ones where they're like, oh my gosh, Jacob Markstrom. Holy moly. This I, I don't know what happened to him, but I do not see a bounce back from him. I just Yeah, just to close it out, Knights at two, Oilers at one. Pretty self-explanatory, I think. I love that. You picked the Flames to make the playoffs, and then you absolutely <laughs> rip them. I'm a, I'm a big Dustin Wolf. I like their whole. I like their team top to bottom. Besides their number one and number two goalie right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You said the LA Kings wouldn't make the playoffs for that reason, and like actually Calgary will. The Kings don't have a Dustin Wolf though. That's they have that that they do not. I, I I'm still blown away. I mean, I think. I think the Kings get in, but it's wild to me that they went all in on a Dubois trade, and then we're like, "Yeah, Copley and Talbot is good enough." And is they like, Cor- like sign Corpusalo. Like, I mean, they. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't really get. I don't really get what the goaltending plan is there in LA right now. But see if, see if it's. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll see. But. um even with that goaltending, I think they I think they get by enough. Um, let's move on to the final division here, Tyson. The Central, the big one for Jets fans here, and we're going to be a little bit different because I got five teams in the Pacific making the playoffs. You only got four, so already you've got a, a higher likelihood, in theory, of, of picking the Jets to make the playoffs. So let us know how you think the Central division unfolds this year. Well, stealing the number one wild card slot, it's going to be the most surprising team oh my of the season. And it's going to be the Nashville Predators in the wild card spot oh in the Central. The second wild card spot that they'll steal. I've already, I've, I've hitched my wagon to this already. I can't. I'm not going to back out now. I've, I'm, I'm ride or die with them this year. I have to. You don't. You don't have to. I do. <laughs> Tommy Novak, Tommy Novak is gonna get eighty points. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't, I don't think Tommy Novak will get eighty points. But I, <laughs> that's good. I, 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 I just for some, there's something telling me that Nashville's gonna be the sleeper team this year. It's just I'm, I'm feeling it. Number three, the Winnipeg Jets. I, I, I just Minnesota didn't do enough either. Like, at least the Jets changed their makeup a little bit. The Wilds team has just kind of got older. And now you're like, please, can Brock Favor and Marco Rossi take us to the next level? Like, it's kind of just, I feel like it's kind of just stagnating in Minnesota right now. And the Parisian suitor buyouts are part of the reason why. Like, it's just hard to build around that. But I just, I just don't love that team. I just, it's not, nothing, nothing there really. I like the Jets. I mean, with Hellebuck, I, I see the Jets and Wild as pretty similar teams, but one of them is Connor Hellebuck and the other one doesn't. 
So that's kind of my my tiebreaker there. And then I think our top two are going to be pretty similar. I wonder if you picked who I picked number one, but I put the Stars at two, Avalanche at one, and I think the Avalanche are going to have – I might go full out and say they'll get 60 wins this year. Uh, they might <laughs> yeah they might <laughs> i mean i i do i feel like people are kind of really really sleepy on the avalanche for some odd it's reason all, it's all stars it's all stars talk right yeah now. like there's almost and the stars the stars are crazy crazy oh, good. Oh, yeah. like yeah i mean that that's the the interesting thing with the division is that there's a pretty clear delineation in terms of tiers that's a great word, by the way. It is a bit, yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. It's and, and it's easy to spell too. So it's like a double whammy, like five syllables, and you can spell it. Um, I mean, look, I think you're crazy if you don't have Dallas, Colorado, one, two in some order. I'm not really going to argue one way or the other who finishes where. I'll go Colorado one. I'll, I'll agree with that. I and I, I still like my Johnny Drouin getting getting close to 80 points this season prediction. Now that he's on the top line with McKinnon and Randon in, that might work out pretty good for the kid. Um, but I mean, if Bakar plays 82 games, he might get 100 points. He might he might break Carlson's point total from last year. Your give was great, right? So I, yeah, there's not too many minor weaknesses with the Colorado Avalanche, but the Dallas Stars, I mean, they're just, to me, the, the two best teams in the division by a country mile. At the bottom, it's pretty easy for me as well. I mean, Chicago's likely to be the worst team in the division. I do think Nashville's going to be just ahead of them. I do not. I just don't get anybody that has any semblance <laughs> of optimism about this Predators roster. Keep doubting. I will. It's it's not. Yeah, we have to do something for that. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some kind of hot wing challenge. Okay. Because you, for some idiotic reason, have them in a playoff spot. They almost made it last year. Their team's better. Their team is not better, it, which is fine. Debatably, because I have them finishing bottom five in the NHL this year, essentially. So if they yeah. if they even if they make a playoff run, Tyson, if they even get within shouting distance of a playoff spot after the deadline, I will. You can hit me up with any kind of hot sauce challenge you want. There's right. no. There's no way. A team that has Yuso Parsonen on their top line, followed by Kiefer Sherwood on their second line, is going to be a playoff team. Ryan O'Reilly, the, the, the carcass of Ryan O'Reilly as your number one center is not going to be a playoff team. I digress. This isn't a natural Predators podcast. Um, I, I got the Predators nowhere near the playoffs. I think they finish in the bottom three. I think Arizona does a little bit better finishing in the third bottom spot. So that, yay. <laughs> Good for the Coyotes. Um, I, I wonder if they can pass St. Louis. Because I'm not I'm not into the Blues at all. I, 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 I don't think the Blues are going to be horrendous. I just don't see any path for them to, to get anywhere near a playoff spot this year. So, like, whatever order you want to put them in, the bottom four and the central, to me, are pretty easy. The top two are pretty easy. And then it's Minnesota Winnipeg. <laughs> like that's gonna be that's gonna be the battle there. And I guess it it kind of depends on if you think the the Pacific is gonna be I don't know. I, yeah, I guess much more improved from last year, or if they cannibalize themselves and we go four four in each division. Um, but I, I think we do get five playoff teams out of the Pacific. And if I have to bet right now between Winnipeg and Minnesota. I'll go Minnesota. Oh, yikes. Yeah, there's a few reasons for this. I mean, one is, and this is kind of in a similar vein to to the Maple Leafs, in that people are always like, well, Minnesota's not that good. Minnesota, okay, they're not that good, but they just keep getting 100-point seasons for the past three years. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like, why? So why would I expect them to be anything less than that this year? Uh, I guess if you're not a believer in in, in Gustafson, continue. I, but even if he's not what he was last year, and he gives them like a nine fifteen, nine twenty, that's more than good enough for for Minnesota to find a way through here. And I think Rossi's going to take a bit of a leap as well. I, I mean, the Wild just continuously get it done in the regular season. Again, in the regular season, year in year out. 
And I think that I, I think that they've got enough there with Kaprizov, who's again better than anybody that the Jets have. Um, I think Boldy might even elevate his game to a level ahead of a Connor and an Ehlers, potentially. A decor that isn't as good as it was last year for sure. But I think some of the young guys they're bringing in, like you mentioned, Faber, maybe Callan Addison can take a bit of a leap as well. I, I, I just think Minnesota's at a higher floor relative to what Winnipeg's operating with. And, and really the big thing for me with the Jets is that they've got some they've got some pretty significant issues in their secondary support on both offense and defense. I just don't I just don't think Neil Pionk's the answer anymore. And people can play the injury card that he's not playing well because he's injured. Well, if he's injured all the time, then he's not going to play well again. And I think Sandberg's going to be just fine, but I I just don't know. I just just watching Pionk last year and even the year before that, it seems like we're getting New York Rangers Neil Pionk as opposed to the first season in Winnipeg Neil Pionk. And I'm just not anticipating the second pair for the Jets to be extremely effective this year. I think Morrissey takes a bit of a step back. Not that he's bad, but like he might get 60 some odd points, which is like great. But is he going to be able to replicate his all time season last year? I I have some doubts on, on, on him being as effective and as productive as he was last year, even though I still think he's going to be a top pair defenseman there. Uh, But then up front, it's a massive, massive gamble the Jets are doing with Perfetti at the second line center spot. And there's nobody really in the bottom six that would be able to come up and fill that, right? Maybe Velarde would be able to do it, but then you take him off the top line there and then everything starts to get all jumbled. I mean, the good news is that Ehlers is healthy right now, so maybe he can effectively carry that second line all by himself, but... I don't know. I, I, I just have, I, to, to me, there's more doubts that, that Winnipeg isn't going to be able to get it done. And I'm going to stick with my bold prediction on the Winnipeg Jets side of things, Tyson. And I think this is going to be very similar to the Lad Bufflin year, where those two players both entered the final year of their contracts. And it just didn't work for the team. It was a dark cloud hanging over them all season long. And they weren't able to get into playoff positioning, and they ultimately had to move one of the two guys. Do the Jets keep Connor Hellebuck? I, I somehow think they find a way to do so on a big money deal, but ultimately, I think the Jets trade Mark Shifley this year. I think that that to me, that's the reason why they don't make the playoffs. Is that ultimately, I just don't think they're going to be in a solid enough position to say that we can take a run here. And I'm going to be of the mindset that they they do move Shifley at the deadline. I think they get a good haul for him as they ship him off to Carolina. But ultimately, for me, that's enough to push Winnipeg out of a playoff spot. Yeah, I mean, I, like the Central's outside of the top two teams, it's pretty mediocre. Like the West is a is a lot worse than the East. A lot worse, yeah. Like yeah. like really bad, and that's where like that's the only thing I could see where with some of those bottom feeder teams in the East is just because they play such harder competition more throughout the season that maybe the point totals are closer. But yeah, like already things aren't going ideal for the Jets. <laughs> and we, the regular season hasn't even started yet. And yeah, like I just, there are a lot of questions. It's, it's going to be who's, which team in the Central can find those players that kind of come out from nowhere and take a step forward for the team. Because we know, like a lot, like with the Wild, you know what you're going to get from Kaprizov and Zuccarello and your and Spurgeon. Like you know, those top guys are going to give you what they always give you. It's about who's who's supporting cast is going to find some hidden gems or develop a little bit and take a step forward or just take on bigger roles. It's going to be interesting. Like I, I could, I, you could even see a scenario where St. Louis, who brought in guys like Jacob Rana, Kevin Hayes, a couple guys who are kind of don't have the best reputations right now across the league. And all of a sudden they iron things out. And if, and if Kevin Hayes can iron things out, he is a very skilled player. He could be a 60.2 way guy. If he figures things out. Yeah. Yeah, There in the, in the, I mean, I I don't know if I'm going to go that far, Uh, (laughs) but I I don't want to talk about Kevin Hayes anymore. And I, on that note, if Gabe Velarde could change his number from 13 to literally any other number, that would be great. 
because like he's a big dude and every time i see 13 i'm like oh my gosh kevin hayes is back i can't do this anymore <laughs> but yeah, you're right like there there are there are to me at least and i think most people would agree for no doubt about it teams in the west dallas colorado in the central edmonton vegas out in the pacific there really isn't that much separating what like a group of seven eight teams yeah, and then it's like Anaheim, Chicago, San, San Jose. Those like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I, I would put Arizona and Nashville in that grouping, but between what do we got here? Between Minnesota, Winnipeg, for sure. Minnesota, Winnipeg, Vancouver, L.A., Calgary. I, it's pretty tight, and then you could even throw Seattle. Like I mean, we're both down on Seattle, but. They made it to the second round last year. They could very easily recapture that, right? So, like, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, meh. Meh to solid teams in the West. And when you have that many teams, you can understand why there can be a lot of variance in between. What What's going on? You're losing your mind right now. Um, The Jets just made some pretty big moves, Brandon. No, uh, no, not forty minutes into the episode. I, we we have to talk about it. This Are is, you serious? I swear to God. Um, the Jets have just signed Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley to matching seven-year, fifty-nine and a half million dollar contract extensions. Are you serious right now? Uh, what is being reported on the score right now, and if that if they got both of those guys for eight and a half million, holy smokes, Chevy just hit a home run! Oh my gosh, we just did a whole freaking episode, and they do that. Ah, oh! what the no? Like that just ruins everything. <laughs> Oh, 40 minutes in and they do that? Well, okay, well, we can't do awards now. Right. Because obviously we have to talk about this. That We'll do awards Thursday. I guess. I don't even know what to do now. I'm, I'm shell-shocked. <laughs> that is... Identical seven-year extensions, $8.5 million per season for both Mark Shifley and Connor Hellebuck. Wow. I did not see that coming. No, no, because I just talked about how the Jets were going to trade Mark Shifley. <laughs> which seems unlikely now. So here's here's what I'm thinking now. So both those guys are here for the foreseeable future. What if things don't go good this year? Like, that's still a possibility, right? Yeah. Like, it's still a possibility oh, yeah. that things don't develop and... Like I yeah, I'm a little spe- speechless right now. I did not expect. I mean, the value that they got for both those guys is crazy. It re- well, okay, so Connor Hellebuck, I will 100% agree with you on. And people are going to look at the term with Helly, and I, I totally understand that, and be a little bit wary, especially with how goalies have have aged out there. But assuming he'll be 31, it'll take him 31 through 38. I don't know. I, I I signed that one all day long. I'm I'm pretty shocked that they got Hellebuck for under nine million. A hundred percent. And I like even, even yeah. I mean, I, I've been pretty adamant this whole time that I'm not moving on from Connor Hellebuck unless it's some insane package going back the other way. I think he's gonna age a decent amount gracefully. And if you're getting him for under nine million in a rising cap world. You just signed one of the five best goalies on the planet to a pretty reasonable contract. Very I'm blown away that Chevy got that. Hey, that one, very well done. I'll, I'll give Chevy his props on that one. I wonder how, I, I would imagine Jets fans are pretty jacked about that. You have to be. And and like think about all the teams around the NHL that are like, uh, we didn't give up a giant package early in the offseason to like we missed out on signing a top three goalie for eight and a half million. Like, what are we doing? And maybe that, and that could just be Chevy always knowing though that he was going to keep him. I'm just like out of all everything that's come out from this offseason and everything, I'm shocked that they signed that uh, at least Hellebuck signed for eight and a half. I really am. 
I, yeah, I mean, I thought it would have been a bit higher, but I was always, and I said this before, that like the Jets' real trump card in all of this was that they were going to be able to offer him the most money per season. Like New Jersey clearly wasn't willing to do that with the salary structure they have there. I would imagine Buffalo was kind of in a similar boat, but I, I think with Buffalo it might have been more, we don't want to give up. We just think we believe in Devin Levi. Um, But that's, yeah, I, I've got no problems with that. That's, I think even if his play dips a little bit in the, la- in the latter half of that contract, I mean, the cap might be a hundred million at that point. Like it's, I, I think that's a major, 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 major coup for the Jets with Connor Hellebuck. Do you think that with Mark Shifley? I am, I am absolutely shocked that, like, at least with Hellebuck, there was kind of like, well, like, for me at least, I'd be surprised if it got done this early, but I could maybe see it. Mark Shifley getting signed to an extension really kind of blows my mind. And with everything that we've seen the past couple of years, too, that's... I mean, I get you're in a tough position that if he's gone, you really don't have anyone who could even get close to that number one center role, but it, is he the guy that's going to lead your team to a championship? Like, I don't know. I just don't know. Like, you're getting really close to... I. I it's just a lot. You're putting a lot on Mark Shifley's plate where he's kind of showing you the past couple of years that he can't really elevate his play to help this team win when the going gets tough. It's not just, it's not just last year either. It was the year before that. And there was even some moments the year before that too, where you're like, uh, show a little more effort. Can we, we get a little bit more from you? Like that's, what's shocking to me. I am not a fan of the Shifley extension. Yeah, I I wonder if the Jets just signed themselves into mediocrity for the next handful of years. That's exactly what I was thinking. I I just can't I can't get on board with it. I, I don't even think it's that much of an overpay. Like seven year like it, it's, it's kind of crazy to me that they both signed those because, like, to me, Hellebuck's way more valuable for me than Shifley is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of, I mean, they must just be boys. Like, they're just boys. They're ready to, to lock and lock themselves in here. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I can understand why Shifley would take that. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of security. Are you going to get that much more on the open market? That's kind of a crap. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Like I, I totally get why why he did that, but I guess we'll see how much the cap goes up. Hopefully, it goes up a lot. But I mean, at this point of the game, what is Mark? Is Mark Shifley the twentieth best center in the NHL? Yeah. Like, and, and sorry, Brad. And I, now, I was just looking at cap friendly here quickly, and right now the Jets are projected without signing anyone. Any other free agents, restricted or unrestricted, they are. And I'm not very great at math, so do double check this <laughs> if you're if you're listening. But I think they're going to be at around sixty six million dollars in cap space that's taken up and for next have, season. I, and you have guys to sign like Nino Niederreiter, Perfetti's going to need a new deal, Demello, Dylan are going to need new deals, Hanola is going to need a new deal. Like, there's not going to be much money to go around once you sign all those guys. If you do sign all those guys, and you need to, and if you want to be a cup contender, you do need to sign those guys. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to, this is all kind of happening real time. So I'm not going to even think too much into like how the team looks next year in terms of the salary picture and all that. It's, it's, I, I guess just more so to me, it, it, it feels like a signing that's just done. Because we don't have anybody else that can be that number one center right now. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I don't know if that's the best way to go about it. Like to commit that much. I know I just said, you know, Hellebuck will be okay in his, his <laughs> signing him from 31 to 38 at, at eight and a half million. Um, so it might sound a bit hypocritical to then turn around and say, why are you giving that much term money to a guy like Mark Shifley? But that just seems like way, way too much for a team that I can understand if you were maybe 
intent and, and looked like, okay, we're going to be a team that can easily win around this year. And then we'll, we'll see how far that takes us. I, I just don't know if I'd be willing to commit to that right now. Like to, uh, I don't know. I, I, re- I really wonder if this was the best long-term decision for the Jets on, on Mark Shifley here. I, I 100% when you've got one of the few best players at their position, like Hellebuck is, I'm okay with rolling the dice on him because his ceiling is literally Vesna worthy, which he might do this upcoming year. Yeah. Mark Shifley's ceiling is what? Top 10, maybe? Top 10 center? His floor is really, really low, which is kind of the concerning part about all of this. Wow, wow, what a blockbuster <laughs> to start the season. I mean, sorry, sorry yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This puts a lot of pressure on the prospects, too. Like Colby Barlow, Chaz Lucius, Rucker. Really? Lee. I don't think it does anything for them. I, I think, I think, you know, for what I can see is that if if they want, Connor Hellebuck wants to contend for a Stanley Cup, right? I'm just struggling to think of what Chevy could have said to both these guys to be like, we're going to win a cup in the next couple of years. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wonder, I wonder too, if this is a kind of a, not a necessarily a panic move. Cause they, they made out pretty well with the Hellebuck, like with the, the dollars and everything. But I wonder if this is sort of like, cause the last couple of years we've seen it. It's let's get this done. We'll figure it out after instead of being like, we're going to do this with this plan going forward in mind. What we're doing now is going to help us achieve this plan that we're trying to get through in the next couple of years. To me, it's just, we're going to get this done. We'll figure it out after. Yeah, they got to figure it out. <laughs> They'll have to figure it out really, really quickly here. Um, the one thing I was going to say there was just that, at, at the very least, like from a perspective of what this does for the Jets this upcoming season, it, it takes that black cloud away from everything, right? Like there's no more, well, what's going to happen with this guy, this guy, trade, trade, this, that. Like it's a lot more positive for sure. I think I might have to alter my predictions now. <laughs> like I might have to put the Jets in a playoff spot. I, I, I'm worried about I think I might have. I think I, I think I put them in now. Uh, you know, it, it's not going to change all that much. Like I'll put, I, I'd probably put the Jets ahead of Calgary now. And, and have them grab one of the wild card spots, but you would have to think this makes them more aggressive too at the deadline or like in some sort of trade. That's a fair point. I'm that's I, what, exciting what worries, and that's exciting and concerning, Tyson. Yeah, <laughs> what worries me the most though is that what happens if last season happens again and they just don't get a few extra points and they're out of the playoffs? Like, are Shively and Hellbuck just going to be like kind of put their hands on and just go? Oh, we got our contracts. I'm not, well, I, I have I'm, not now. To, I'm not trying to question like their character right but you know there's a there's just a human element there where you you experience the same thing over and over again you're just comfortable with complacency Oh I can't believe they did this to us 40 minutes into an episode <laughs> That's so bad <laughs> That's so bad Um well I guess let, let's try to wrap this up quickly then Tyson this sucked that they did it that the, at the timing that they did. We're never recording at 2 p.m. in the afternoon ever again. Let's just get that out of the way. Um, but I guess does this change? What does this change when it when it comes to your prediction here for the Jets this season? You had them in in third, right? Yeah. I guess it doesn't really change all that much, right? No, I think that's just they. Yeah, I think they'll be third. But sorry, there was a squirrel trying to get into my back door. I, I was kind of, <laughs> I had my attention elsewhere. Yeah, it's just like, what's going We got seven year contracts, squirrels breaking in. Our pets are falling off. off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess for me, it, it, it does change things. You know, I, I think I'll, I'll put the Jets, I'll put the Jets in a wild card spot now. And you're right. I think they, like, they have to be with an aggressive mindset going into this year's deadline. I, there's, there's just no two ways about it. Like they've, they've committed to a path now, right? Like it's, it's not reckless aggression, like a, like one of the cup contending teams, like, it, you know, Edmonton's going to be like, Hey, we picks prospects 
do not matter anymore. We, we need we need playoff wins. They're not going to be like that, but they're buyers. They're just going to be now, whether you agree with it or not, moving forward here. Um, so, I mean, that certainly helps their, their playoff probabilities, I think. Um, I just don't think it pushes them too far ahead in terms of, you know, can they be a top five team of the West this year? I, I I don't really see that coming for them, but I think it does alleviate a bunch of the potential issues that can happen when you have multiple franchise cornerstones entering the final year of their deal. So yeah, I'll, I'll change it because my big prediction was that they were going to move on from one of them. And now that they're here in the fold, I don't necessarily see that taking place. Um, so I'll bump the Jets into a wildcard spot now. I guess the main thing is, Tyson, does this alter your thoughts on the ceiling for the Winnipeg Jets this upcoming season? Where, how, how do you, I guess, let's just kind of go through our playoff picture here, maybe do a final four, but let's start with the, the West there and the Jets. How do you think the playoffs ultimately play out for the club 82 I, games before anything happens? I hate to write on the parade, but I think they still lose in the first round. That and this is why, like, this is why I'm very confused about everything because I just don't see how you're going to beat Dallas and Colorado unless you're moving premium assets to get a premium player. Yeah, which they might. Which, well, yeah, you could do, but then it, all of a sudden you're losing Rucker McGordy or Colby Barlow or Brad Lambert and a first round pick to get one of yeah. those guys, and then you're running then that you bring in that extra cap space. You're running out of a lot of dollars to fill out the rest of your team on a team. That's already not that deep. I am very, I'm very intrigued to see how it all shakes out and where the dollars go and everything. But next year, especially like next year, they might just be like, Hey, we might have to roll like with a $20 million defense. Like, like honestly, you roll have a decor of, Morrissey, Hainala, Chisholm, Sandberg. Like, that could, like, I just don't know. Are Brandon DeMello back on a cheap contract at 3 mil? Like, those guys are making a couple hundred thousand. Like, Morrissey and DeMello would make up 10 mil. But then after that, like, you're, I just don't know what, I don't know who's going to come in and supplement this roster to make them that next level contender. Yeah, it's going to be, it might be somebody we don't anticipate. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Ultimately, though, I agree. Like the Jets, I mean, depending what they do, I think they're still well bef- well below and, and well behind. Dallas, Colorado in the Central. Edmonton, Vegas out there, obviously, from, from what we saw last year against Vegas, right? And if the Jets do grab, even if, yeah, it, because if it's the third spot in the Central, you're facing Dallas or Colorado round one. If it's a wild card spot, you're facing one of those teams or likely one of those other teams out there in the Pacific. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a first round exit again. And then the ultimate question that we're going to have to grapple with over the next bit is just what's the ceiling for this team moving forward? And then what are the avenues to potentially improve it now that we know for sure that Shifley and Hellebuck are essentially going to be career long Winnipeg Jets? I, I, w- I want to ask you this about Shifley. Like, it, it's fair to say that he is. He hasn't shown a complete lack of effort to close out the last couple seasons, right? That's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. What if that happens again? Like, what do you like? How how do you deal with that? Where you you just you just show it to the rest of your organization for a guy that isn't willing to give his a hundred percent all. You just gave him a long term contract and locked him into that number one center spot for the next seven years. Yeah. I well, look. I told you I didn't. I didn't like the deal. So I, I don't have a good answer for you. I don't know what you do. Let's hope it doesn't happen, I guess, because you're 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 here with them for the next handful of years, right? So it's just for a team that's that there's been so many rumors about having a fractured locker room and you're bringing back one of the guys who probably contributed to that fracturing based off of effort and play and defensive commitment. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll we'll find out if how much was Wheeler. We'll find out how much was Wheeler and how much, right? Like, I mean, we're gonna find out a lot of stuff. (laughs) We'll we'll see where it all plays out here. But man, what a what an announcement right before the season! And yeah, 
I'm not angry at all that it, we recorded a full episode and that it happened. <laughs> That's super cool. Great. So, well, yeah, I mean, this is crazy. This is a crazy, <laughs> crazy start to the year for the Jets. And now it really changes the focus, too, from those those two players to, I guess, it, it really more so Cole Perfetti. The spotlight completely shines on him now um, and, and what he's going to be able to do down the middle for the club. And let's let's hope he's he's ready to go and and gives this club a big 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 time boost because that can change the equation pretty quickly if he's up for the uh, up for the task in terms of being the second line center for the team. So I mean, there, there's that aspect of it, and then ultimately, I just think it's going to be how far can they go with the group that they have right now. We'll find out. Going to be a tough five game stretch too to start the year. I mean, oh, ho- hopefully, hopefully the boys can come out flying and. We're talking about, hey, we came out of that five game or four and one, and let's go. Here we go. It's going to be a fun season this year. But that is crazy. I don't think anybody anticipated that happening either, Tyson. No, not both of them like that. Like well, both of them before the season. Yeah, that's. We're going to, man, <laughs> we're going to have to do a whole other episode. Like, I mean, the next episode, we might have to do just spend like 25 minutes strictly on Shafley Hellebuck. Yeah. Gather our thoughts a little bit. Yeah, because I'm still like <laughs> processing this. And even like as I'm thinking about it right now, they tried to trade Shafley and Hellebuck two months ago. I, I yeah, I know there's so much like I can't <laughs> believe that it came that it happened this way. Like there was a lot of ways I could have seen this stuff happening. Right. Like the Jets the Jets are a good team. They're comfortably in third all year. Both guys are like, this is pretty sweet. Yeah. We sign. Like that, I think like they're that that would have made sense to me at least. Doing this before the season starts with both of them. This team's done a full 360 basically from where they were six months ago, right? Yeah. Like it was, let's sign Hellebuck Shifley, sign Hellebuck Shifley. We got to trade Hellebuck Shafley. We got to trade to right back to let's like it. Oh man, you you, you do wonder a little bit about the long term decision making that it can alter and veer so quickly with this with this club here. But the one thing that I mean, we we just know whether it's right or wrong now is ownership slash management is hell bent on them making the playoffs like that. That's goal. Number one, that's it. I don't think it's to win it's Stanley cup. I think it's to make the playoffs. Yep. So we'll see how it goes. And, and we'll st- sorry, but just to add another thing on that makes not getting a D man this off season, that much more crazier. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. Like I know you didn't, gonna, but they didn't know they were going to sign these like, uh, Right, but if that's if you're even thinking about signing them and you want to, like I don't know that to me that's crazy that if you even had the the tiniest inkling that you thought that you're gonna keep both of them, like why you wouldn't go out and improve the decor? Well, that's, it's, I think it's be, I think it's because they they believe in Neil Peon, but they so, believe in a lot of guys. They're starting to believe in a lot of guys. Well, I'm, I'm not yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying it's right. I'm just saying right. like that's why they didn't do it. So. So yeah, <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild to try to try to wrap your mind around it as as you're getting ready to finish an episode. And it's like, oh yeah, by the way, everything you talked about, it doesn't matter anymore. So cool. Um, yeah, Hellebuck Shafley basically set up to retire as Winnipeg Jets. And there's there's something cool about that. Taking the whole franchise direction thing out of the equation there, that you might have two guys where the blue, red, and white for the majority, if not all of their careers. So there's, there's that to take into it here, but man, oh man, what a, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what that does for the team's chances this season. Uh, Because I do think there is a tangible impact on the ripple effects of that kind of going through the locker room. The vibes are going to be well, well into the positive area. I think that part is definitely going to help the club in the short term this upcoming season. But I think there are some serious doubts about what the hell's going to happen going into next year. 
Um, but let's worry about the here and now, and we'll see what the, we'll see what happens for the Jets this upcoming season. Now that Shifley and Helly are in the fold, so we'll well we're obviously going to have to break this down into a little more detail in our next episode, and that one's going to be jam packed as well because we got the season opener and then this news that comes in. But I guess to put a bow on all of this, Tyson, in our season prediction spectacular. Do you want to make a Stanley Cup pick? Nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go Oilers and Devils. <laughs> yeah, you're, you are right. Nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> I don't want to pick the Oilers because I feel like everyone's going to. But at some point, they're going to break through. I think Edmonton makes a big trade, and that's the difference. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do the boring one. And I'll go Edmonton over... Why not? Let's do Edmonton gets the revenge against Carolina. Ooh, you're not gonna you're that. not gonna knock out Dwayne Rollison this time. <laughs> might just be might be Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell stepping in to, to win the Oilers the cup. Yeah, yeah, there we go. That's just yeah. <laughs> Shout out Rossi. How about that, Rossi? We both got the Oilers winning the cup. Longtime listener of the pod, an absolute beauty. He'll be pretty <laughs> jacked about that. Um, yeah, that's where we'll wrap up the episode. There, we both got the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup. Gross. Um, <laughs> That'll do it for us, though. Let us try to get our bearings straight and figure things out. And we'll be a little bit more composed by the time the next episode comes out. (laughs) Unless some other bombshell drops mid-recording. But we will get back at it a little bit earlier than usual. Won't be Friday morning. We'll do it and have it ready for Thursday morning. We'll recap the Winnipeg Jets season opener against the Calgary Flames. And further break down the seismic move of matching seven-year extensions for Hellebuck and Shifley. Uh, We'll get to all that later on this week when we wrap things up. Until then, though, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rewicki. CJOB's Tyson Rewicki with us once again. We'll get back at it Thursday morning, talking Jets, Flames season opener, Hellebuck Shifley contract extensions, and whatever else pops through in the next 48 hours. Until then, though, Enjoy the next couple of days and get ready for the opener. Have a good time, everybody. Peace.